This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to WFAN's Baseball Insiders Yankees podcast for Tuesday, September 28th. Tonight, Yankees and Blue Jays open up a big three-game series, final six games of the year. It's all come down to this. The Yankees are a game in front of Boston, two ahead of Toronto, as all the teams play their final six games. Leading into the Blue Jays series, we bring in the TV voice of the Toronto Blue Jays from Toronto, Dan Schulman. Danny, it's always good to talk to you, and they can't see us, but we get to see each other, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's good to see you, even if it is uh, electronically or digitally or remotely or however we say it. But uh, good to see you. I like your backdrop. I like your movie taste. And, uh, and, and I hope you're doing well. You know what? I should, I'll should i explain this to everybody who can't even see it. But this one above my shoulder right here, this it's, it's called Best Shot. You know what that is? I that's don't know the, what that is. That's the European movie poster for Hoosiers. Oh. They didn't call it Best. They didn't call it Hoosiers in Europe for some reason. So that's an original... Wow. movie poster and the thing that i love about this it's it's a shot of a generic white farm boy just raising his hands in the air it's not anything to do with the movie but the tagline on the poster is winning isn't everything it's the only thing which is the exact opposite of the entire movie right and i think it, <laughs> so, and, and i think that line was taken already i, yeah, I, I <laughs> right, right. i'm no not sure if they're allowed to do it yeah yeah do you know now was the was the was it Jimmy Chitwood in the European version too? Like, do we know uh, what his name was? It, well, uh, the, or, the movie is the movie. The movie's exactly the same. Yeah. Okay. They Got just it. marketed it differently with a different poster and a different title. Best shot. Well, if that goes missing, I had nothing to do with it. So, that, that <laughs> and it's funny too. If you go looking for the soundtrack on Apple Music or something, you can search Best Shot. It'll be under That's that. Very cool. It's really weird. That's uh, very funny. Hey, and I'll plug this now for people who are listening. Go back. I had a podcast a year ago with Angelo Pizzo, the screenwriter of Hoosiers, and he tells some great stories. It's on the 30 with Murdy platform. He actually has a script for a Mickey Mantle biopic that he says he's the best thing he's ever written. And he wrote both Hoosiers and Rudy. So oh. um, that's saying something. He has oh. all those stories. 
Yeah. Uh, go back and search that. That's from a year ago. And Danny, I'll just send you the link to that because it sounds kind of interesting. Hey, um, so we're coming down to th- three very big games here. Tell me a, a little bit about what happened in the twin series because we all looked at the schedule and said, listen, the Blue Jays have a really easy schedule here. Yeah. The last place twins, they ended up splitting the four games, which is exactly what the Yankees needed. How did it look to you watching those four games? So the first two games were different from the last two games. So the Blue Jays, if you, as you know, Sweeney, because I'm sure, you know, you follow all the divisional teams, I'm sure, particularly closely. The Blue Jays have had some highs and lows, just like the Yankees have had. Yeah. At times, the Blue Jays have been scoring eight, nine, 12 runs a game over and over and over. And then they'll go through a five, six game stretch where they can't hit at all. Um, they're great hitters like the Yankees before the Rizzo and Gallo deals. A lot of them are the same, a lot of right-handed batters, a lot of free swingers and those, you know, and maybe that lends itself to peaks and valleys. So, uh, heading into the twin series in the race series before in the first two games of the twin series, they just didn't hit and they saw guys they had seen. It was really weird. The blue Jays played the Minnesota, uh, the twins on back-to-back weekends. They did not see them at all until September the whatever, (laughs) and then played them seven times in 10 days. And they got shut down by Michael Pineda, who you know well, uh, or contained by Michael Pineda and Bailey Ober in the the first two games of the series, Thursday and Friday. Saturday, Sunday, they broke out a little bit more. They hit three home runs Saturday. They scored six runs, and and then they won Sunday as well. So at this moment, George Springer, who was ice cold, is now hot. Marcus Simeon's been unbelievable, like unbelievable. Teoscar Hernandez is still doing great. Then there are three other guys I got to tell you about. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette are not swinging the bat particularly well coming into the Yankee series. Okay. A week ago, Vladdy was hot, even by Vladdy standards. Yeah. And who knows what it is, right? Uh, Teams are pitching him a little bit differently. He looks to me like he's trying to pull everything. I don't know if 50 home runs is in his head. I, I don't know. Sure. So... Um, but Vladdy's not swinging it particularly well. Neither is Bo Bichette and Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who legitimately might've been the hottest hitter in baseball for the last two months, suffered the freak injury of all freak injuries. I don't know if you saw the video, but for your listeners, um, there's a ball in left center. Gritchick's the center fielder. Gurriel's the left fielder. Um, uh, Gritchick cuts it off just behind Gurriel. Gurriel gets down on one knee to let Gritchick throw the ball back into the infield. Gritchick throws the ball, and in his follow-through, his right cleat comes down on the right hand of Guriel, and Guriel's got a nasty slice on the right side, on the outside of his right middle finger, required a couple of stitches. Nothing broken, that's good, but he didn't play the rest of the Minnesota series. They'd love to get him back in there. So that's offense. Pitching, uh, Hyunjin Ryu going tonight in the first game, and then the two guys they really want lined up the way they've got them lined up. Jose Barrios and Robbie Ray, they they kind of made wedged them into the Yankee series, and they're also lined up for a 163 or a wild card game. So that that's kind of the state of the union right now. So I, I find it, I want to backtrack a minute because I think it's kind of interesting that listen, the Blue Jays have been a much better offensive team all year than the Yankees have been. But what you described is something that I think everybody looks at as being unique to the Yankees this year is that they run hot and cold. And the Yankees have certainly been streakier than most other teams or maybe that they're used to. But what you're describing, you know, Yankee fans have this great fear about the Toronto Blue Jays in that lineup and for good reason. But I think 
we also forget that they can run hot and cold too. And you're describing two of the most dangerous hitters that have destroyed the Yankees this year as not being very hot heading into this series. No, and it could change at a moment's notice. But there are games where kind of one through seven in the lineup, you know, I call the game or I watch the game and I say, wow, they should be demolishing this guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but they don't do it. And, and the Blue Jays' run differential has been a major topic of conversation in Canada all season long because it's plus 140 or 50. I, I, I don't track it every day. Like there was a, two days ago, they had the same or three days ago, they had the same record as the Seattle Mariners, but their run differential was like 198 run. They, they were plus 146 and the Mariners were minus 52. So what's happened is, you know, again, they'll, they'll play a series. They'll win the first game 12 to one. They'll lose the second game two to one. And then they'll <laughs> win the third game nine to two. Yeah. Whereas the Mariners will win two to one, lose 12 to one, win two to one, and everybody's two and one. So um, it, it does happen to them. And there are certain types of pitchers, uh, you know, a righty who's got a slider that can get you to chase down and away. They're vulnerable to that. Mm -hmm. And a finesse lefty with a change up where he can get you to chase down and away. They get a little over anxious sometimes. So um, you'll know by Vladdy's second at bat if he's locked in or not. If he's taking close pitches, um, if he's looking at first pitch strikes with a lot of confidence and I don't think he's feeling pressure, you know, especially now that Springer's going Springer and Simeon going helps Vladdy. So, uh, but yeah, they're, you know, th this team has been tremendously fun to watch. The fans love them. I'm sure you guys have seen on the opposite side, the hijinks in the, in the dugout with Vladdy and Guriel and Teoscar Hernandez. They're very fun, but at the same time, they should have more wins than they do. And it's one of those, you're as good as your record says you are, yeah, but they yeah. should have more wins than they do. So. Yeah. It's, I mean, and it's a lot like thinking about what the Yankees do and their run differential doesn't equate their record either. They're, you know, they're, they're uh, have a better record than both the Red Sox and the Blue Jays coming in. And they've been about a hundred runs worse than teams that they have better records than this year. Yeah. So it hasn't seemed to add up very well. Uh, listen, it's only been a couple of weeks since the Yankees saw the Blue Jays and that didn't go very well, but what you're describing as far as the types of pitchers that the, the Blue Jays lineup could be vulnerable to, I am now thinking of three potential wild cards out of the Yankees bullpen. Uh, one is Luis Severino, who is now back and looked really sharp um, and he's rested after a couple of days. You could easily see him coming in for two innings and getting the meat of that order out or, or trying to get the meat of that order out uh, in this series. Another is Domingo Herman, who hasn't pitched yet, but is healthy and is available and active and has the same type of arsenal that you're talking about. And the other is Clay Holmes, who has come out of nowhere. He's throwing Jonathan Loisga like sinkers. Oh, by the way, let me add a fourth wild card because Loisga will be active right. at some point in this series. These are all the types of pitchers that if the Yankees are going to win this series, they're going to get big outs um, against the middle of the order guys, all those right-handed bats. And Holmes has just really come out of nowhere because he's throwing these 98 mile an hour sinkers. And he's got the, he's, he's throwing ground balls and getting strikeouts and, Boy, it's unbelievable that um, that these are the guys we're talking about this late in the season. It could be a real, I mean, these are the turning point type of things, Danny. I think that when you're yeah. talking about sixth, seventh, eighth inning, these are the guys who are going to make a difference. I agree. So uh, I've seen Holmes and wow. And everybody <laughs> yeah. knows about Loisaga and everybody knows what Severino's capable of being. And Herman's got a decent arm as well. So um, yeah, that's a lot of reinforcements that, that, uh, 
weren't part really parts of the series a couple of weeks ago when the Blue Jays swept the four game series in the Bronx. And, and when you saw the Blue Jays, then the Blue Jays were swinging it, right? They look great. Everybody, yeah. everybody was locked in. So the, the easiest way from a Blue Jay perspective, in my mind, for them to win the series, and let's be honest, the Blue Jays need to win the series. If they lose two out of three, they're in major trouble because then they would be three games behind the Yankees. And we all know what the Red Sox schedule is the final week of the season. Yeah. So um, so as an aside, I won't lie. Blue Jay fans were Red Sox fans over the weekend. Yeah, of course. And that didn't go very well. So, <laughs> um, But the easiest way for the Blue Jays to win the series is to jump on the starting pitcher and, and to have a lead and to not have to come back against all of those big arms uh, out of the bullpen. Again, because the Blue Jays are so right-hand dominant and at times a free-swinging team, if you look at their close and late numbers, like again, overall, they're second or third in the majors and this and that and everything. But close and late, they're not. There's a lot of 26th and 24ths, and and it's because they're getting the best. Uh, you know, the opposing manager is not going to bring in a lefty uh, unless it's a Chapman type of guy in a safe situation, right? But for the most part, the Blue Jays late are seeing hard-throwing righties with good sliders because that's what high-leverage relievers are from the right side. So the best way for the Blue Jays to, to win this series would be to jump on Tyone, Cole, and Kluber uh, and have a lead. The Blue Jays' circle of trust in the bullpen is four and a half, I would say. There are four and a half guys that Charlie Montoyo feels comfortable using in high leverage situations. Um, so if they're behind, it's going to be the other guys, and can they hold the Yankees down? Like the way Stanton is swinging it right now, I don't know what you yeah. do with him. So um, it, it's funny. I know the Blue Jays just swept a four-game series in the Bronx, whatever it was, two weeks ago, but a lot of things feel different than they did then. Yeah. And, and Stanton is one of, I mean, Stanton, basically it's just like Vlad. I mean, it's funny that like you're talking about, we're going into the series and Stanton and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. In the middle of this order, uh, these orders are going to be the people we focus on and one, one is hot and one isn't. And who knows what happens after a day, you know, it's yeah. a, a famous man once said that's baseball, Susan. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, we kind of look at it that way. Um, how closely have you guys been watching what Stanton did over the weekend? And, you know, uh, I mean, we, we know the kind of season that Vlad has had, so I don't think we look at him on an individual game by game basis as much. Uh, but Stanton's always been a hot or cold kind of guy. He's had a phenomenal season. And yeah. right now, I mean, he just destroyed the Red Sox over the course yeah. of the last three days. So I would say very closely. So Saturday, the Blue Jays played at seven, the Yankees played at four, right? So, um, so that game was on uh, on easily accessible Canadian TV up here. And then Sunday, of course, the Blue Jays played during the day and the, and the Yankees were in the Sunday nighter. That game easily accessible up here. So it, people are following it closely, but more so than the Stanton, it was the eighth inning Saturday walk, walk, hit batter Stanton. Like the, are you kidding me? They're going to do that. <laughs> yeah. And then Sunday night, as you know, was a circus of a baseball game. Yeah. I mean, it really <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah. So uh, I did the Blue Jays game. I came home. I had dinner. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. So I was split screening the Packers wow. and the Yankee Red Sox. Yeah. Two unbelievable games, really. So after about an hour, my wife said, okay, I am leaving the room and like I, we're done and, and I'll see you in the morning. So, <laughs> and, you know, so first there are the, the LeMahieu and the Gallo drop pop-ups, right? And you're saying, okay, the Red Sox are going to get one. And then Dahlbeck kind of short arms one. And then of course, Joe West gets involved and, yeah. and that crew was just on the previous Blue Jay series. Okay. And Joe West did Joe West things and he's Joe West. Right. And, <laughs> and uh, like, I don't know how you feel totally objectively. I think that's an out. 
Yeah, I think he was, was on the Grand Canal. Yes. Right? They got away with it's one. not reviewable. I don't know why Alex Gore and Christian Vasquez didn't storm up to Joe West and say, have a meeting. And now he's Joe West, right? So because I don't know. Because all they did was they looked they looked at the I know. and he did the sign like he I couldn't going. believe like, that. What? what? I, I mean, couldn't believe that. I mean, if I'm Vasquez, I'm turning around right away. And if I'm at core, core is as sharp a guy as there is in baseball. And if I'm core, I'm saying, get these four together. It Listen, it probably wouldn't have made a difference. In you the made end. a good point, though, Danny. The catcher, like, like the catcher didn't argue didn't at anything. all. Didn't do anything. How are you supposed to back anybody up if the player himself didn't do it? Right. So I was shocked by that. And then, but as soon as that happens, if you've ever seen more than like three baseball games in your life, you know what's coming. Next, <laughs> right? And Judge Stanton, boom, boom, and it's over. So, yes, uh, Blue Jay fans are following closely. And again, they were rooting just where the standings were going into Friday. They were rooting for the Red Sox. Um, but you know what? You you don't want to depend on things happening out of town to get you into the playoffs. And the Blue Jays could have played the Red Sox better. The, the Blue Jays had a stretch in early in May, June, where their bullpen was brutal. I mean, like awful for about three weeks. And they gave away five or six games. Yeah. And then Ross Atkins, the GM, kind of jumped in early and got Trevor Richards and Adam Simber. And listen, those guys aren't Severino Loizaga type arms, but they've been great. And they've really stabilized the seventh and eighth inning. And now they've been okay. But they they had that one period in May, June, gave away five or six games out of the pen. And then they had a road trip in, I want to say, mid-August. Uh, Anaheim, Seattle, Washington, and then they had a home and home with Detroit. And that's when they were literally for two weeks, historically bad with runners in scoring position. I don't mean like this year bad. I mean like historically yeah. bad yeah, for yeah. about two weeks. So they had two very specific stretches where they lost a lot of games for two very specific reasons. And ultimately it might be just enough to keep them out of the playoffs. You know, it's funny. I, I love hearing you talk about all these things because these are a lot of the same issues that Yankee fans have watched their team, but because we only see highlights of Vladimir Guerrero jr. And a couple other things, you know, it's like, we think they're so much better, but you know, you know, it's, it's almost hard to believe the standings are the standings because you look at the teams below you and say how dangerous they are. And you see these great highlights. You're like, oh my gosh, you're worried about them. But they're going through all the same problems, the streakiness, the up and down, the droughts with runners in scoring position, yeah. um, the trouble scoring runs with the great lineup, the, you know, strikeouts against right-handed relievers. They're going through the exact same thing. It's kind of funny. I'm glad you're enlightening everybody. That <laughs> this isn't just the Yankees problem, Dan. It's a baseball yeah. problem. No, and, and what you will see, um, so it, it's hard to predict the lineup. So the Yankees are going righty, 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 right. So you'll see, again, a lot. some of it depends on Guriel. I don't think you'll see nine right-handed batters, but you could see eight right-handed batters. You might even see nine right-handed batters. Oh, I mean, yeah. Corey Dickerson probably gets in there once or twice. Reese McGuire might catch a game, but Rowdy Telez is not a Blue Jay anymore. Kevin Biggio's had a lost season with injuries. He's down at AAA right now. They haven't brought him back. He's on his third injury rehab, I believe. Um, you know, but then they roll out the lineup, and there are times where you go uh, Lourdes Goriel seven. Alejandro Kirk, eight. And I know the Yankees yeah. know about Alejandro Kirk. Yeah. He, you know, and Randall Gritchick's hit ninth the last two games. Now, Gritchick's oh. not a star, but you're talking about a 25 homer, 85 RBI guy hitting ninth. And a Yankee killer. And, and a Yankee killer. Exactly right. Um, and, and you go, wow. But it, it, sometimes it happens. At, at sometimes it doesn't. I will say this. 
because they've done the Dunedin Buffalo Toronto thing, because they've basically been nomads for two years, um, because they have the world's most relentlessly positive person as their manager. And he <laughs> is, he is the most positive person you'll ever meet. And because they have guys like Simeon and Springer, they, they don't buckle emotionally. Like they might get beat and they might play lousy, but they come back the next day and they, and they get after it again. And they've been very good in Toronto. They're, I think they're 21 and nine at the mm -hmm. Rogers center. And I'm not saying they would have played 700 ball over a whole season at, in home sure. games, but I know a lot of people in the organization think that nobody's complaining, but you know what, if we'd been home the whole year, uh, Dunedin and Buffalo, it was, it was hard for the visitors too. It was hard for everybody, you know, and that's why I, we're jumping around here, but Robbie Ray, Garrett Cole, like Robbie Ray made a bunch of starts in those ballparks. Right. And, right. Um, he's yeah. been great. And ultimately, it may come down to what Cole does tomorrow and what Ray does Thursday to, to decide who wins the Cy Young. But uh, they've they've really been – it's been a fascinating season. Uh, sometimes they look like they could win the World Series, and sometimes they look like they're a mess. And I think next year, if they have a good offseason, whatever that means, next year I think look out. Because I think they know exactly what they need right now. I think they know exactly what their flaws are. And hopefully, I think by next year, they'll have it all figured out. I've got two more for you. One, you mentioned Simeon and Springer. The thing that I've been curious about really for two years about the Blue Jays, and we didn't get to see it play through last year because of the shortened season, is how a group of young star players would react in the final month of a season with the heat of a pennant race. Because as you know, as people know, in a normal season, minor league players don't play in the month of September. So the, your first uh, time playing as many games – and feeling the effects in your body, playing a long season is when yep. you get to the big leagues. And now you're in a pennant race and the pressure is amped up. So physically and mentally, there is a fatigue factor. Are Simeon and Springer the kind of guys who are, who are leading the Blue Jays through this and kind of figuring out, you know, teaching the young guys how to get themselves through these last few weeks? I think so. And, and, and as you know, we're not around. None of us are around the teams we cover as yeah. much as we normally are, right? There's no clubhouse access and none of us are on the road. So... But I think the short answer is yes. Simeon, to me, is one of the great leaders in baseball, I, I think. And it's funny because he's one of the quietest guys you'll ever meet. But uh, there's no such thing as optional BP for him or optional ground balls. He's a creature of habit. And good luck finding Simeon without seeing Bo Bichette three feet behind him, trailing after him, doing what he does. And that's great stuff. So um, everybody raves about Simeon. Like they go out of their way to rave about Simeon. Springer is a much more outgoing personality, but I think he's been very important too. Um, and this is also a touchy subject because it's the Astros thing in 2017 and all that. Mm -hmm. But he's played in the biggest games you can play in. He won World Series MVP. Um, he is remorseful, I think, for what happened. And I do think that he brings a lot of leadership as well. Um, and each of them kind of has, I, I mean, the whole team likes each other, like all 28 of them really like each other. But Springer's down at the end of the dugout where the home run jacket is. He's in there with Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Gurriel and Vladimir Guerrero. And he's like, as, as I've said a few times on the air, it's like kindergarten. And if I were their teacher, those are the four where I'm saying, okay, you guys can't sit together anymore. Like we're <laughs> separating you for the rest of the class. But they can snap their fingers and lock in and get serious when, when they need to. It's just they're goofy most of the time and they're having a good time and you know what, what's wrong with that? We're in the middle of a pandemic. Let's have a little fun every now and again. So 
Um, I think both of those guys have been extremely important. And I think in their own ways, like Kenjin Ryu and, and Robbie Ray have been very important too. So I think they've got good leadership. Um, I don't think fatigue is an issue. Pressure is one of those hard things to, to speculate about, right? Like um, Vladdy, uh, so Josh Donaldson was in Toronto, former, blue, former AL MVP as a Blue Jay. He was in Toronto with the Twins last week and I was talking to him. And he said, people don't understand what it means to be the man. Like when you have to be the man, everybody looks to you. And if you're going good, everybody else relaxes. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And he's 22. He's 22. He's really special. He really is. He's a better fielder than people give him credit for, a better base runner than people give him credit for. And he's, he's all about winning. He's not about numbers. He's all about winning. He's a great teammate. He lifts people up when they're down. But there's a lot on his shoulders. And there has been a lot, which is funny because you look around him in the lineup and you go, well, look at all the help he's got. But yeah. But there's still a lot on his shoulders, but, um, uh, you know, so obviously I'd like to see him locked in, in this series. It's good for the team. It's, uh, it's uh, good TV, as we say, you know, Bo Bichette's another one, Bo is an extremely aggressive hitter. And even by his standards, he's been swinging at everything. And he's having year. a terrific year. I think that's gone on a little unnoticed, right? Yes. He's having a terrific year. He's about an 800 OPS, 26 homers. Uh, on the verge of 100 RBIs, 23 steals and 24 tries. And the defense is much better than it was the first couple of months of the season. If he were the best young player on almost any other team, well, let me rephrase that. He would be the best young player on almost any other team. Right. But the Blue Jays have Batman, so Bo's playing Robin a little bit. But he's <laughs> he's really good. But sometimes you can see with him, he just gets out of whack. And you know, it's no secret, you know, Aaron Boone and Matt Blake and everybody know that Bo swings at a lot of pitches. And the more you swing, the more they expand. And the more you swing, the more they expand. And so he's kind of got, he's always battling that. But uh, hot Bo is as hot as anybody. Uh, but, and even in the last month, hot week, cold week, hot week, cold week. So we'll, we'll see what happens against the Yankees. Danny, my last thing for you is this, and you touched on it a little bit. The Blue Jays are back in Toronto, and they've lived this nomadic existence. Um, and the fan capacity is going to be up for this final week, too. Uh, two final series at home. What do you think it means to the players? What do you think it means to the city? I mean, it's it feels like this is, you know, we're always searching for good, uplifting stories, right? It yeah. feels like this is an uplifting story to have this team playing in front of their fans, regardless of the result. Um, what does it mean up there? So I will tell you this, July 30th was their first home game in Toronto against Kansas city. And there was a pretty, pretty significant pregame ceremony. And I am not exaggerating when I say that a fair number of people in the ballpark were tearing up during the ceremony. The last home game had been September, whatever, 2019, uh, in Toronto. And this team, as you know, in a way, it's the only team in the country, right? So it's coast to coast to coast, as we say up here. Um, and when the Blue Jays go to Seattle, there are, and I'm not exaggerating, 30,000 Blue Jay fans in Seattle. Wow. From Vancouver. Yeah, yeah in a non-pandemic year. Yep. Minnesota gets ten to 15,000. Cleveland gets 1,000, on and on and on. Um, I know because I get the email, the internal emails. We are averaging about a million viewers a night. Wow. 
which is a big number uh, in a country that doesn't have, you know, all that many people. And I know it'll be higher for the Yankee series because it's the Yankees. So, um, so long story short, this team means a lot to a lot of people up here. Um, and it means a lot to the players to be able to play here. It's been great. They've had 15,000 for every game. Now, as you mentioned, capacity is increasing up to 30,000. I, I have been told that uh, it, I'm not sure every game is going to be sold out. Um, the pandemic is viewed a little bit differently up here than it is in certain parts of the United States. Um, people are still more cautious up here. We have fewer people opposing mask mandates. We have more people still living their lives remotely. Sure. Um, you know, the messaging is a little bit different up here. And I think a lot of people, some people, and I know my parents are two of them. My parents are huge fans, but they're like, Danny will go next year. Some people are just not, not ready yet. So um, there will be more than 15. I don't know that it'll be 30 every night, but you know, 20 to 25 will sound louder than that, especially, you know, if they get off to a good start in the first game tonight. So um, I, I think it's going to mean a lot to a lot of people, you know, and you and I have both said the phrase meaningful September baseball a thousand times in our life. It doesn't come along every year for the Blue Jays. It is here now. You have the team you need to catch on your home turf in the final week of the regular season with your top two starting pitchers in the series. You couldn't line it up much better. So uh, I'm hoping it's good theater. The voice of Dan Shulman, you know it well from all the years doing Sunday Night Baseball, now the TV voice of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Danny, thanks so much for giving me a couple of minutes here. I know everybody appreciates the insight, and uh, I look forward to one day seeing you again in a ballpark face-to-face. Uh, -face Anytime. Soon. I hope so. That could come sooner than you think. Uh, we might be in the same place uh, during the playoffs at some maybe, point. Maybe so hopefully I'll see you uh, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Absolutely. That's Dan Schulman. I'm Sweeney Murdy. Thank you for tuning in and listening to WFAN's Baseball Insiders. Remember to subscribe. You'll get Ed Coleman's Mets reports, my Yankees reports delivered right to you. Also, check out the 30 with Murdy platform, my latest conversation with Amber Sabathia, uh, a new agent at CAA and wife, of course, of former Yankee great CeCe Sabathia. Uh, again, for Dan Schulman, I'm Sweeney Murdy. Thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 